Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Here with Craig Morgan, Steve Peters for our first show of the off season. We're back in the daytime and daylight hours. Post Glendale, the post Glendale era PGE, I guess, if you will. I, I don't know. Feels like I'm, I'm still not even recovered from Friday. From Friday. <laughs> and there's Karen. And Karen was there Friday. Yes, it what was a good time. so great to meet what a good so time. many people. It was Friday. Names and faces together. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. That's important. Yeah, it, was it was fun. Really, really fun. It was and fun. unfortunately for us, the Arizona Coyotes are not going to be part of the NHL playoffs this year. And yeah. probably not next year either. But we're still going to talk about the NHL playoffs because, as we said on Twitter, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And it is. Leah. Craig has written a jingle. I have. And it's really bizarre because we didn't communicate on this ahead of time. <laughs> and, you know, since Petey started singing on the show, I feel like yeah, we could bring it for sure. <laughs> on another level. So here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The cup will be glowing. Emotions are flowing. The playoffs are here. Oh it's wow. the most wonderful time of the year. Wow. There you go. Wow. Where's the button on that? I was going to say, we got got our clip of the day done. Craig, that was unreal. It was a pretty impressive baritone. You have a very lovely voice. Who knew? Dropped it down there, yeah. (laughs) That was really, really good. It's really good. Well, I I feel that strongly. It's unreal. There's four games tonight. We got the quadruple header tonight. It is awesome. How are we going to keep up with all this? I have no idea. You really have to keep up I with all this. Yeah, i got to work today. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know what am I going to do? I'm just going to have And a, you got to know everything about everybody. It's hard. I'm going to be like you were on Friday night. I'm just going to have a beer in my hand watching. Yeah, that was fun. That's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Having a beer wandering around going, yeah, just talking to people. That yeah, fun. that's more of your alley. Well, before we dive into the playoffs, I just want to get some Coyotes notes. As this still is a Coyotes show, Coyotes notes out of the way. And the first one is Phil Housley and the team have officially yeah. parted ways. I don't think this comes as too big of a surprise, but we'll see how the coaching staff shakes out going forward. Yeah, I think we all thought this one was coming. Like Phil was under contract for another year, but I don't, you know, he, he made a good salary. I, I think there was probably some belief that the, they were going to bring somebody in, you know, that's 
Andre will probably get to pick another staff member, but I, I think I think they all got along really well actually this season. I think the coaching staff liked each other. So, but you know, Phil's been around the game a long time. I think he's going to take some time, figure out what he's going to do next, and we'll probably hear from him a little down the road. I do think he still wants to coach. So you know, best of luck to Phil wherever. It's he ends hard. Up. It's hard when you come into a staff and and your your head coach gets replaced, and you got to one, you got to prove yourself again. And Phil Housley's not going to prove himself. Like he's yeah. Phil Housley, he's a Hall of Famer. He's been a head coach in this league. It's hard. I mean, it's a hard, and I know he's a nice guy, and I'm sure they all got along. But at some point, you want to build and grow your own staff. And unfortunately, Phil was was from a previous regime, and so I'm not surprised that they made the changes. You know, it's time for Phil to move on too. And he wants to be a head coach again. Now, yep. where he where he ends up and what he ends up doing, I'm sure, you know, will, will kind of be up to him. There's going to be a lot of jobs open. There's there a sure lot is. of There's jobs be a lot open of this turnover. Summer. On the flip side, Corey Schwab and Corey Stillman are going to come back. Um, so most of the staff remains intact. We'll see what they do with that one position. Um, next note, Jacob Chikrun was very candid Ooh. with you in on Saturday at the Coyotes breakdown day. And for those who haven't heard Chickren's comments, you can read Craig's article at gophnx.com. But the way he spoke didn't – and he hasn't spoken in a while. He's kind of been MIA, actually. He really has, while other players – we've seen other players like at the telethons. Yeah. yeah. I just haven't seen Chick around and yeah. wondered about it. And Keller injured but on the Valley broadcast yeah. on Friday night. So what do you take away from what Chickren had to say? Well, I mean, it's not I've, – I've been writing this based on what I've been hearing anyway, that, you know, he, he's not on board with another rebuild. Um, you, you're entering the prime of your career. He's 24 years old and you're looking at three more years of, you know, struggling to get back. And, and he just laid it bare when he, when he spoke to us. And I, I give Jacob Chickering a lot of credit for his candor that day. He said, you know, every time it seems like we're about to get somewhere, they tear it down again. And it, it, that really wore on me this season. I want to win now. I want to win more than anybody he said. I know everybody says that, but I really believe it. I want to win. And I don't, you know, I don't want to sacrifice years of my career waiting for that hopefully to happen. He talked about Mike Smith in his in Chick's first year here, hammering home the point that careers are finite. You only get so many cracks at it. And it's so true. A lot of guys come into the league and they take it for granted. Oh, you know, there's next year, there's next year. And suddenly your career is gone and you haven't tasted it. I, I think there's there's some validity to that. And I will never fault a player for wanting to win right now. Um, the problem with that chicken trade is Bill Armstrong's asking for a lot. He didn't get that return at the trade downline. Will he get it at the draft? I don't know. If he doesn't, what does the situation look like then? How does he repair that relationship with Jacob Chikrin and convince him this is where you're you're going to be, and we we want your all for the next three years of your contract. Yeah, that's the problem for me. He's 24. We're not talking about a 32 year old guy who's been through all these battles and wars and it, it wants to win before his career is over. I.e., Phil Kessel wanting out, not wanting to go through another rebuild. Um, I know Phil's one. That wasn't my point. My point was his his career is coming to a close. So if you're Jacob Chicken and you want out then tear the hell out of the league. Tear it up. Do what you did last year yep. so that by the trade deadline, people go, oh, shit, we need Jacob Trickren. Like, we we have to have him. Look how good he Instead of the trade deadline, you go, eh, he's got, got two, 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 three goals. Not the offensive output. I know it's not a great team, but look at how many points Goss's Bear is having on the exact same team at the exact same position. I don't know. I understand him wanting to win, and I understand you want to get 
a fresh start in a new place with opportunities to win and be the guy. I understand that. I'm not sure that that was the way to go about it. That's all. That's um, fair. The hardest issue is going to be if he doesn't get traded. Yeah. What What is September and October going to look like for Jacob Chikrin? Yeah. And everybody in the room going, F you. Like, like we're here. Well, it's not good enough for you. Uh, that's the concern I have. More to your point on, you know, if you if you want to get moved, tear it up. Jacob Chikrin was in a different role this year. He wasn't, Oliver Ekman Larson wasn't here to, to take the top matchups anymore. And a lot of veterans were gone. So he was thrust into a different role. And honestly, I thought he struggled in it. If, if we're being honest with what, what his game was, he struggled in that role. And listen, again, he was only 23 when that happened. There is plenty of room for growth for a young guy. And I'm not saying that Jacob Chikrin can't grow into being a number one defenseman. But there are areas of his game that absolutely need to take a step up if he wants to be that guy. And you're right. You, you got to embrace whatever situation you're in. That's I mean, when I look at the way guys like Clayton Keller and Lawson Krause embrace their situation— to me, that's what you got to do. And I, I think it's harder to be a number one matchup defenseman. I honestly do. I think it, I can't think of a tougher place to be on, on a roster, but you got to embrace it. What what else are you going to do? Are you just going to be angry about the situation? You got to embrace it and force their hand on that trade, force other teams to say, yeah, we want this guy, like you said. So if they don't get that trade done, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that situation plays out. Yeah, and the good news for him is he is still a guy that is widely regarded as a, as a guy that's up and coming, and the bar is set very high for him offensively. There will be interest for Jacob Chikrin at the trade deadline, or not trade, excuse me, at the draft. So for his sake, I, I think there is a deal there somewhere. But Bill said it before, if the, if the price isn't right, it doesn't move us forward. Yeah, not well, doing it. Based on everything Bill Armstrong's done so far, I trust that he won't. He's not. I mean, that's like, like to make no mistake. He's not going to budge off of yeah. that price. So if he but, doesn't get it, Jacob Chikrin will be back, and I think there's a good chance that he will be back. So, yeah, got to figure that out. He's also, by the way, I don't know what he did in his time off, that. but he's huge. Hmm. He is I've huge. I mean, he walked in. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, he's he is chiseled, and we know. I mean, his workout regimen is legendary. The guy does not sell it short at all. He puts in the time. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean. No, to you're good. Well, I just wanted to read Dan's comment. Chick certainly sounds like a guy with one foot out the door, at least mentally. So I think that I think that's much sums fair. it up. I do. Yeah. Um, a couple more quick Coyotes notes. Clayton Keller told you that he might skate in a few weeks already. <laughs> Three weeks. It's like, what? I don't like. Five minutes before that, Christian Fisher's in there saying, you know, because he was like, hey, sorry I didn't come by the party, but I had to take care of my peg-legged friend. He's talking about Clayton. <laughs> and then Clayton comes in and is like, yeah, I'm going to skate in three weeks. Like, what? You broke your leg not too long ago. We all saw it happen late in the season. But I guess, you know, the doctors have said, look, if everything's going on, you know, according to his schedule, uh, and he does think he's a little ahead of schedule. We back on the ice in three That's weeks amazing. and probably on the golf course with Phil Kessel. Too. That's amazing. And, and that gives you hope for what this team is going to look like come October of next year. Yeah. yeah. If he's fully healthy and been skating all summer and have everybody else had a chance to recover from their bumps and bruises and who knows where Nathan Smith, Jack McBain, new draft picks all end up, Dylan Gunther, where he's at, where's Michelli, where's, where are all these players come next fall? Maybe it's a little more exciting. We got a long way to go. But do they want to be? Hey. <laughs> They want to be. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we have months to and, decide that. And what do we think is going to happen with Phil Kessel? I can't imagine him coming back here. I mean, here? He, he didn't close the door on it, which was surprising. It was surprising that we actually talked to Phil Kessel. And mind you, um, full props to Jose Romero for AZ Central because we were in the interview room. 
and and I, all I heard Jose go, there goes Phil. I'm like, wait, what? So we, we literally ran down the hallway after him and asked if we could talk to him. And he turns around, classic Phil. He goes, how'd you guys even see me? <laughs> but he was great. He was great when we talked to him. He really was. He, he wants to keep playing. He, obviously, he, he'd love to have the Ironman streak. He, I that think he'd like to get his 400, 400 goal. goal. Oh, my right. gosh, which he barely missed, missed right. the empty net by inches on Friday night, too. I can't remember how many consecutive games he's played now. But the way I look at this, like people are like, well, that's going to come into play for a team that signs him. And you're absolutely right because you want to reserve the right to scratch Phil Kessel if you don't think he belongs in the lineup. But he's so close to like a 1,000 games where you could probably let him play and say, hey, after we get you here – you better be bringing it or you could yeah. be out of the line. And that's fair. Yeah, I, He'd be all in. I, I think he just wants to play again. He and does. Do I think there will be a team out there for Phil Kessel? I do. I don't. He's going to take a pay cut. Mm. He's going to take an ice time cut. He's going to take a roll cut. I think someone, there will be a team that's in that middle tier that's not at the bottom of the league trying to get big picks and not at the top of the league trying to win the cup. There's going to be teams in that middle tier that still need help offensively on their power play. And I think Phil Kessel is a guy that can still, you know, is it somewhere between one and $2 million. You sign Phil for a year, take a chance. I, I think it happens. I don't think it happens here. I don't either. Well, that's our quick coyotes updates, which we'll continue to talk about all off season long. This is day one of a very long off season ahead. But let's talk about what's going on in the NHL right now, which, of course, we already talked about is the playoffs, which is just the best, just the best. The first round, there's so there's so many games every day. There's always something on TV. It's so much fun. And we are going to do our best and probably fail <laughs> at yeah, best. predicting oh boy. each of these matchups. So let's start in the Eastern Conference, and we'll start with one of the games that is on today, and that is the Bruins Hurricanes. Oof. So some former Coyotes on these teams, Taylor Hall on the Bruins, and then the Hurricanes are stacked with former Coyotes Max Domi, Jordan Martin, Tony D'Angelo, Derek Stepan, and Deranta. Look at that. Look at this awesome graphic that Sean DePaz created of ex-Coyotes in the playoffs. Unreal. So we'll have to Here's follow along and see where which former Coyotes Someone's making the Eastern Conference final. <laughs> yeah. Someone's making the Stanley Cup final. So the only oh. one that would be out of this list, as I look at it real quickly, is if the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the Eastern Finals. Louis Domingue's not going to be their backup goalie. Nope. <laughs> if they make it that far, that means Jari's back and it's Jari into Smith. Um, Louis Domingue got a chance to play in one game down the stretch, and that's yeah. all I'll say. Anyway, this is one for me. This matchup where. Maybe like two months ago, I would have thought differently than what I'm thinking today. So Carolina has home ice advantage. They won the Metropolitan. They led the league in um, goals against average with the fewest. But Boston allowed third fewest shots per game, were first overall in high danger chances. Boston, not as consistent this season as normally, but for Carolina, Frederick Anderson is questionable. Yeah, um, he's not starting game one. Yeah, he's not starting game one. We don't know the timeline of when he's going to get back in it. So for me, the goaltending issue becomes really, really apparent in this series that could sway what I think. I don't know who wants to go first on giving their guess for it's this. Fine. I, the other thing that I look at, and I'll, I'll throw it out there, and this this series to me is like a toss up. Because Carolina's been so good all year, so consistent all year. But yeah, not having Freddie for game one and possibly farther into the series, that's a big deal. Boston's been Carolina's nemesis in the playoffs. They have not been able to get past him. And I think part of that is Boston plays a heavy game. 
Carolina's pesky. They come at you. They're relentless. But Boston is a big, heavy team. And if Freddie Anderson's not going to play at least one game, maybe two games, I'm going with the Bruins. I'm going with the Bruins in a big upset here. And it, I, I don't even think of it as a big upset in these eight teams over 100 points in this conference. Crazy. We've yeah. never seen this in the history of the NHL. Boston's so battle-tested. They've been there so many times. And they have Carolina's number. I think they're going to have their number one more time. The biggest thing you brought up here is the goaltending. With Frederick Anderson, I think that may give a slight edge to Carolina because you're looking at Allmark and Swayman for Boston and the net two guys that don't have a lot of playoff experience or none. So maybe then the needle would pull a little bit to, to Carolina. The issue for me, and you look at the head-to-head matchup, Carolina dominated. 3 nothing, won 16-1 to yep. head-to-head. So I look deeper into it. The last time they played was in February, so it's months ago. Um, Marchant and Bergeron were not in the last game. The game before that was Tuka Rask's second start, gave up 5-12. and 12. So there, that's 13-1 to 1 between those two. Earlier in the year, they played, it was 2 nothing. they got an empty netter. More indicative of what these two teams are. For me, it's who's playing better right now, and for me, that's the Boston Bruins. I think with Pasternak, he missed several games. They went 0 for 27 on the power play. He comes back. They get power plays in their la- power play goals in their last two games. They spread their depth between Pasternak and Hall and Huala on the second line. DeBrusque has been solid with Bergeron and Marchand on the top line. I'm with you. I, I think this is going to be a very difficult series. It's going to be one along the wall and in front of the net. I give the nod to the Boston Bruins. I mean, I'm just going to round us out. I also think Boston, and I think it's going to be a long series. I don't think it's going to yeah. be five games or a sweep or anything like that. I think it it might even go to seven. Um, but f- for me, the goaltending is the biggest issue. And if Anderson was in net, I'd feel more confident saying Carolina. And seeing Carolina fall in the first round would be a benefit to Coyotes fans. Oh, big time. Yeah. So... For that sake alone, I am going to pick Boston. And also, Boston is is an experienced playoff team. Um, so is Carolina, but Boston just consistently over the years. So, well, wow, look at us all. Wow, Bruins pick against Carolina. That's unreal. It is. And I, we, we did talk about the DNVR show earlier, and all four panelists on their show picked Carolina. Good. And I'll go as far as Rudo Ooh. picked Carolina to sweep them. Wow. Poor Cobb. So, so now it's, it's show it's against show. versus DNVR. We'll just see. saying. We'll we'll see. All right. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's move on to Lightning Maple Leafs. This is the second Eastern game that starts tonight. Yeah, you want to lay on this one. Former Coyotes on these teams, Riley Nash on the Lightning, who started and ended his season there with a stint with the Coyotes in the middle. And, of course, Michael Bunting, Ilya Labushkin, and Eric Shulgren, who had a one moment with the Coyotes in history um, for the Leafs. This one, wow. Okay, well, Tampa, obviously, the defending back-to-back cup winners. They have Vasilevsky. They are a dynasty, arguably. They do not have home ice advantage, actually. Toronto does, but Toronto has a history of fumbling in the first round, and I know you wanted to... To, to read Don Lashushin's lead. Yes. Don Lashushin works for The Athletic, who I obviously... He was a colleague of mine for a while, uh, they, they did playoff previews for every series, and Dom is in Toronto. Dom grew up a Maple Leafs fan, and as I tweeted this morning, this lead just captured everything that Dom is, his objectivity, his his hope for the Leafs, and like I said, his, his entire childhood because he's been cheated out of any playoff yep. success. It's such a good lead. I'm going to read it on the air. It probably doesn't matter who Toronto plays as the real season begins. 
The Leafs lost when they were heavy underdogs to Washington and Boston. They lost when they were neck and neck with Boston. And they lost when they were heavy favorites against Columbus and Montreal. It doesn't matter who was on the other side because the Leafs' biggest enemy is themselves. The odds do not matter. <laughs> They're a reflection of an unsentient model that does not know anything other than how well the Leafs have played over the last few regular seasons. Are the Leafs cursed? The model does not know. Do they know how to win when it counts? The model does not know. Do the Lightning have the ability to flip the switch now that the playoffs are here? The model does not know. And so, like a naive child, I think that this time things will be different. The model is obviously not a Leafs fan or biased toward the Leafs because a Leafs fan would know better. It's the hope that kills you. And the model is currently suffocating on it. It's just great writing. So good. And so true about the Leafs. Such a tortured fan base. Truly. This is why, and I know you're always... Like, I was a Leafs fan when I lived in Toronto, but my my dad was a lifelong Leafs fan and was so scorned by them that he just gave them up. So we moved on to other things, and that's why the Leafs are not my top team. Um, and for me, I know that Tampa has been struggling kind of down the stretch here. They'll have the fatigue going into the playoffs um, because they've gone all the way the last two years. That takes a toll on a team overall. I know that Toronto has Austin Matthews, who had a career year. They have the best power play, but... I just can't overlook that. And I'd so I'd rather pick against Toronto and be wrong than pick them to win, even though they technically are favorites in the sense that they have the better regular season record and home ice. But I have to pick Tampa. I have to. I can't bet against the defending champs and I can't bet on Toronto given their history. But I hope I'm proven wrong. Both teams have their leading goal scorers got 106 points. I know Matthews has more goals than Stamkos. Both teams can score. Make no mistake, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, can they flip it like a switch? I believe they can. They haven't had to play a meaningful game in months. They're the kind of team that can, right? Because they've Absolutely. been there. They they've been there. Yeah. They've been there together. It's not like some of these other teams that we're going to talk about that guys from different teams. And Vegas is the perfect example. They pulled guys together and said, okay, now go play together and be really good. This team has played together and they've been really good. Um, the key for this series to me is Vasilevsky. He's still the best goalie in the world. He's got back-to-back cups. He's going against Campbell. If Campbell gets hurt at Shulgren, that could be trouble. Yeah. Toronto's only hope is if Vasilevsky struggles out of the gate and we're looking at 7-5, 5-4 type of games, they might have a chance. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Toronto's done in the first round again. And on that note, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a playoff series since 2004. Two lockouts ago. Two lockouts ago. I still lived in Toronto. That's then. what the misery has been like for Maple Leafs fans. Yeah. When I look at this series from an analysis standpoint, from a statistical standpoint, even the, the, the deeper stats, everything in me says pick Toronto. They're the better team. They're the better team across the board. Tampa's not as deep. We've talked about that. They're not the deep lightning team that we've seen in past years. But something in my gut says Tampa's going to flip the switch here. They know how to do it. And Toronto's misery continues. Wow. Three so, for three. Wow. We're unanimous on both of we'll, our... We'll, we'll split it up here soon. Yeah, I'm we sure. will. But Hopefully. wow. We'll see. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I'll take an L and be wrong if it means... Right. You kind of hope. Right. I, I, I and think, I have I think, to cheer for Toronto. Like, I have to. Yeah, you grew up there. Yeah. I think it's good for the league, too, when the Leafs are good. Yes. I, I know a lot of people dislike the Leafs, and I get that they're their fans are— They're very easy to hate. Well, their fans are crazy. Yeah. But it's good for the league when the Leafs are good. It really is. And I like this Maple Leaf team. I do. 
just and this will I'm going to bring up one more point and we'll we'll carry this theme throughout the yeah. remainder of this show is the way this playoffs is arranged by division versus the old memory used to be one through 16 but the yeah. travel was stupid then you go one through eight within your division Toronto's not playing Tampa Bay if it's one to eight right like those are the only two teams I think I would have picked against Toronto go yeah. ahead and Toronto plays would be playing Boston now that's a much different series again. <laughs> Toronto's had problems with Boston too. Oh, it's the East, I but I think they'd rather be playing the Boston Bruins than the Tampa Bay Lightning right mm -hmm. now. And so you got to question how this again. These are the rules when you came in. This is who you got to play. But it's going to be a bigger issue when we get to the West when we talk about the disparity between the Pacific yep. and the Central and some of the matchups that could have been yep. when we get to the next series. All right. Well, moving on to Penguins, Rangers, former Coyotes on these teams, Dryden Hunt, you know, not necessarily a name that all Coyotes fans know well on the Rangers. And we deep. already talked about Louis Domingo on the Penguins once again. Not a ton of former Coyote presence in this these series, but Pittsburgh will be the visiting team in game one against New York. Pittsburgh, of course, has the playoff experience. They have three Stanley Cups in the last 15 years. New York has Shesterkin, who led the NHL in save percentage and goals saved above average. They have Chris Kreider, who had a career year. Adam Fox, who's a Norris winner. But downsides for both. For Pittsburgh, Tristan Jari. Broken foot. Yeah. He's been upgraded now from week to week to day to day. Um, but, again, you don't know when he's going to come back. And, you know, Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Latang they're only getting older. Um, so they have – you can argue they have the playoff experience, but you can also argue that they are an old aging team. New York, they have – a really, really good power play, fourth, but their five-on-five -five play is average. It's 18th in the league, and power plays in the playoffs are different to come by than in the regular season. Um, so this is a stat that I found. Only four teams had a lower expected goals for per 60 minutes at five-on-five -five than the Rangers this season. The Sabres, the Kraken, the Coyotes, and the Blackhawks. And all four of those teams are not playoff teams. In fact, they are toward the bottom of the standings. So that could play a factor for me in this series. Shesterkin is going to be kind of like you said in the Toronto-Tampa Bay series. Vasilevsky is going to be the difference for me in this one. Shesterkin is going to be the difference. I don't know yet. So why don't you guys, why don't you start? It's dramatic for me how much they're reliant on Shesterkin. Because when you look at all those stats that you talked about, the Rangers are not a good team, five on five. They, the Penguins are much better. The Rangers aren't a good possession team. In fact, when you start diving into the stats, they don't do a lot well. Now, they're heavier than Pittsburgh. I think that helps them in the playoffs. But I don't think – I think New York is inflated a bit because Igor Shesterkin had not just a career year, like a historic season. He was unbelievable. If he can maintain that in the playoffs, okay. I don't believe that hot goalies can take you all the way to a cup. You need to be a more complete team. But maybe they can win a round. I just I still think that this team is flawed in a lot of ways. Maybe it's just the growth process, but I don't think that they're ready. So I'm still taking Pittsburgh in this series. And I also think that the Rangers are going to have, unless they make some dramatic moves in the offseason or players take big steps up, I think they're going to have a bit of a wake-up call next season because I think this team is going to regress next season. You can't expect Igor Shesterkin to play at the level he's played at this season every year. And they're going to find out. That, in fact, he was masking a lot of their problems. Finally, we disagree. Okay. 
I'm going to New York Rangers, and I'll tell you why. I think the trade deadline helped this team. They picked up Vitrano and Cop at the trade deadline, two pieces that will add to their secondary scoring. They relied too much on the power play and too much on Chris Kreider through the first 82 and way too much on Chesterkin. So I think this gives them a more balanced look on the top six for scoring. Pittsburgh picks up Ricard Raquel. Done the exact same thing for him. Hard at the net. Crashes the net. Pittsburgh can win this if they're able to win the net front battle and be better in the paint. This team gets the net better than any team in the National Hockey League Mm -hmm. from the wall to the net. And I'm talking Crosby. I'm talking even the smaller guys like Gensel and Rush. They get to the net hard. So they can rattle Shesterkin by getting to the net hard. I think what's going to be the downfall of Pittsburgh is their overly aggressive defense. And we talk about Latang, Ruedel is one of them now, Matheson. They pinch all the time. They're up off the blue line all the time. And there is no better team. You can't tell me other than maybe Florida that transitions from their defensive zone to offense as well as the New York Rangers. I think this is going to be a speed series. I think the Rangers um, are just too quick through the neutral zone. If Pittsburgh turns the puck over in the offensive blue line and without Tristan Jari, you're looking at the Smith and Dominion. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, the goaltending is a, is an issue for Pittsburgh if Jari can come back. If Jari were healthy for the start of this series, yes, I'd be a I, lot more confident be different. in my pick. Yeah, I don't I disagree. Agree. Another thing about the Rangers, uh, if you look at their numbers over the down the stretch, they 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 didn't defend well earlier in the season. They defended much better, better late in the season. Yep. So, but like you said. Nobody gets to the net quite like the Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. so we'll see how much. And they it's attack the net improved. from behind the goal yeah. line. Melkin's unbelievable from back there. They have the guys that can do it. I just think this is the Rangers' year. Well, I'm gonna emotionally hedge this one because I'm actually way more of a Penguins fan than even a Maple Leafs fan. <laughs> um, and I've seen this before. I've seen first round matchups with the Rangers and the Penguins. Very different Rangers teams than even this one. And I'm going to pick. New York just because I'd like to that's another one that I can swallow being wrong about and for me it comes down to Jari not being in and Pittsburgh just not having first round success the last few years again I really hope I'm proven wrong I really do but I am gonna pick New York so that ah, so both of you so that I'm okay. yeah and and I I could like I'm very much on the fence about it but I'm just gonna pick New York because in the goaltending matchup, they win and hands down the goaltending. Yeah, I, and I yeah. agree with you that I don't think New York can make a deep cup run this year. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, who knows? We saw what happened with Montreal last year, but that was a bit of a different scenario. But uh, in terms of the first round, I'm gonna pick New York. Yeah, if they do make a deep run, it's because of Shesterkin for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, the final matchup in the East: the Capitals and the Panthers. Former Coyotes in this one: Johan Larson we'll on the Capitals and Anthony Declare on the Panthers. Washington, of course, they have playoff experience. They have Ovechkin, but on the flip side, Ovechkin kind of stumbling into the playoffs with a injury that was day-to-day, but he should be fine. But who knows if it wasn't the playoffs, how long he would be out with this injury. Florida, on the other hand, President's Trophy winner, have 22 more points than Washington, three 30-plus goal scorers, six 50-plus point goal scorers. Huberto had a career year. Laws for them. Ekblad's injury, Bobrovsky's stability in the playoffs, just overall goaltending struggles. But I think for me, this is the easiest one to pick. And I'm yeah, just going to say it, it's, it has to be Florida. I think Washington's goaltending has been an issue all yeah. season long. And to me, that's just that's your death knell against yeah. a team like Florida. Forget goaltending it. one Forget. and speed isn't even close. Yeah. Florida Florida's might be the fastest team and they've scored since the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> unbelievable. And, they're, and their goal scoring this their year is historic score. and it, against a team with not consistent goaltending like Washington. Yeah. And they've done it all season. I, I 
Capitals have been up and down all year, and you're right. The goaltending has been so inconsistent. They rely so heavily on their top players, and their top players have been in and out of the lineup. I don't think this one's even close. Wow. So we were unanimous on three of the four, huh? That's yeah. unreal. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, and you can... These are going to be the first games today early because we're in the Pacific time zone. So it's going to be some 4 p.m. starts, which is awesome. So you want to make sure that you get out the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get your ga- bets placed for these games ASAP because before you know it, they're going to be starting. Um, you can bet on all the series. You can bet on all the games. You can already bet on Con Smythe odds <laughs> if you want to really get into it and get some futures bets Please. down on that. Um, so be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and as well is the NHL playoffs going on? The NBA playoffs are still going on, and the second round is already underway. So this week at DraftKings, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. And also, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So be sure to take up this offer both for the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs I keep saying it, but it really is the most wonderful time of the year with both mm-hmm. of these things happening. And at least we have an Arizona team rooting interest in the Phoenix Suns who play tonight at 7. So PHNX Suns will have you covered for pre- and post-game there. Again, that's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And by the way, we're going to back up what we're saying here. And I know there's been conversation on Twitter and in the Discord. We will have a PHNX Coyotes playoff bracket. It's already open. You can join it in the YouTube. If you scroll down on YouTube right now, the link is in the description of this show. And the password to join this league is PDSI, P-E-T-E-Y-S-I-G-H, PDSI. All lowercase. Appropriate. All lowercase is For the, playoff hockey. Yep, is the password to join our bracket pool. So it's open to anybody who watches, not just members of the Discord. So we hope you'll put your brackets and we'll back up what our picks with our own brackets in this. And yes. of course, we'll choose all the way to the end. So we don't know actually. What yeah, we're not others. talking past this. No, we're no, not we're talking past this round, round yet, but we'll have all of our picks yes. there as well. So please join our playoff pool. Let's move to the West and we'll start with, again, the games that are on tonight the Blues and the Wild. Former Coyotes here, Goligoski on the Wild. This one was one that the Coyotes were wreaking havoc through St. Louis and Minnesota the last week of the season, disrupting. And this is where I talked about one through eight, how important one through eight yeah. is. This is the one series in the whole of the playoffs. This is the number two team in the West versus the number four team in the West. And for those two teams that are in top four oh. to play each other. Yeah. The fact and that then you somebody have, has to go home in the first round. Edmonton and LA, 5-6 playing. Those two series screw the whole thing up for me. These two teams have the ability, if they were both playing where they would should slot in, I have them both moving on, Yeah, mm-hmm. which can't. I know. It's really unfortunate because of all the teams in the NHL, St. Louis and Minnesota have been on a roll. You talk about who's been playing the best lately. They both have. Um, St. Louis has a top three power play since March. They're on a roll. They have confidence. They have playoff experience. Um, but they're one of the worst in the NHL with five-on-five possession, whereas yes. Minnesota, um, again, Really hot. Talbot's been amazing since the team got flurry at the trade deadline. They're 19-2-3 and three since March 16th, which is unreal, but their special teams struggle. And for me, this one is such a toss-up. I have no idea. 
Who wants to start? I thought you were starting. No. You don't want to throw it out. No. Go ahead, Petey. I'm not ready. I'll I'm... tell you what. Last night, I filled out a bracket in the Discord. I picked the St. Louis Blues. I am going against that today. Felino is going to play, and yep. I didn't know he was going to play. Now with Felino in the lineup, their acquisitions of Delorier and Middleton at the deadline and Jost prior to the deadline round this team out with an element they haven't had in the past, and that's why they have not been able to get over the St. Louis Blues. They now have that element. St. Louis Blues look like they can score at will. That's a concern. That's the biggest concern for this team. Talbot's been good. The thing they didn't have before is Marc-Andre Furry's ready to go. Yep. So he's a guy that I, I think starting goalies haven't been announced for this series yet. I would it. guess it's going to be Talbot and Mark Andre Fleury's emotionally able to sit there and go, okay, yeah, if they call me, I'm ready. Conversely, if, it if it's if it's the other way, Talbot might be going, oh, wait, am I number two? And get it into his head. The other way around, Mark Andre Fleury can literally do anything. So he's fine. We're not going to upset his ego or where he fits in the game of hockey. Minnesota can score. They can defend. They can play physical. They can play 200 feet. St. Louis, to me right now, is one-dimensional. They're an offensive team that can blow you out. Don't get me wrong. They can score 7-8-9, but I don't know if it's well-rounded enough to beat Minnesota. I think this is going to be a series that's incredibly hard-fought. I think guys are going to go down with injuries. I would like to play one of these two, two teams in the next round because they're going to be depleted. I think it goes 7. I think it's hard. I think it's old Norris division hockey, but I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild. That's exactly how I analyzed this series. I took the Wild in 7-2. Listen, St. Louis is a, a heavy team, too. They can play that really physical style, and that has been a problem for the Wild in the past. But I, I actually didn't like a lot of what I saw from St. Louis down the stretch. I, I thought there were problem areas, and you mentioned one of them. They are not a good 5-on-5 five five team. They're not a good possession team. Minnesota, I think, is finally ready to take the final step here. It does, it wouldn't surprise me at all if St. Louis won this series because they've given Minnesota so much trouble in the past. Yeah. Even this regular season, they gave them a lot of trouble, but I think it's finally time for the Wild to move on. I want it to be the Wild just because I, I just want it to be them. So, <laughs> And I swear I'm not just copying you both. I was really going back and forth. I'm going to pick Minnesota, too mostly out of want. Um, I'd like to see them do well. I really, I mean, I like Flurry. I like um, Bill Guerin a lot. So I hope it's Minnesota, but I agree that this is going to be a long series. Yeah. So, um, okay, moving on to Kings and Oilers, the other game tonight. Former Coyotes on this one. Mike Smith, Derek Broussard, and Josh Archibald on the Oilers. Uh, no former Coyotes on the, the Kings. So <laughs> Edmonton. Picking you, I mean, I'm, I'll just say it off the bat. This is one of those where L.A., I'm shocked they're even in the playoffs. Um, not a knock on them. They had a very impressive regular season. They have the veteran experience. They have the veteran core. They're, that's the reason they're in today. But Drew Doughty is out of this series, and that is going to be a huge difference maker. Um, I don't think Edmonton's going to sweep this series. I think L.A. can win a game. Um, but Edmonton just had a huge resurgence under Woodcroft. Yeah. David and Dreidseidel have been mm-hmm. amazing. McDavid had another extremely successful year, and I know they don't have the scoring depth and they don't have the goalie consistency. I don't think Edmonton is going to make it to the Western Conference final, but I think they are going to get out of the first round. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, I, L.A. didn't play well on the stretch. They they barely eked in. I, they beat some teams that were non-playoff teams to get in. That's that's how they got into the And they're in a they, weak division. Yeah, they're in a weak division. Edmonton played really well down the stretch. This team looked like it finally figured it out, not to the level of being a cup contender because they're not because that 
that roster is just far too flawed to be a cup contender. And I don't know how they're going to fix that in future years and keep Connor McDavid from going insane playing in the same situations like Groundhog Day with the Oilers. Yeah, they're good enough to get into the playoffs, but they're not good enough to do any damage. I feel like that about them still, but because of this matchup against a team that I don't think is ready yet to be in this situation, I think the Oilers win this series. I'm going the other direction. <gasps> Taking the Kings. I'm going to wow. go for a couple reasons. Okay. This is similar to what Fine. they did in 2012. It's a team that barely made the playoffs, yeah. probably shouldn't have made the playoffs, and everybody's going, they're not going to win. That's one. Two, they've got more balanced scoring than the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton Oilers are extremely top-heavy. You've yeah. added Deneau, you've had Kempe, you've got Arvidsson, you've got Kopitar. They've got more balanced scoring, I think, than Edmonton. The two factors for me, one is behind the bench. I know Jay Woodcroft's done an outstanding job. Do you know who Jay Woodcroft has worked for for the last decade? Todd McClellan. He has been his understudy. He's been his video guy for however long. They are hand in hand. They know each other better than any two coaches in the National Hockey League. And Todd McClellan is going to sit across that bench and look at Jay and go, there's no way you're going to beat me. I'm telling you, I'm going to win this goddamn series. And I, Todd McClellan's a really competitive guy. I think that's going to be difference number one. And number two, I am very concerned about Edmonton's ability to defend and their goaltending. And it's been a Roller coaster the entire season. Mike Smith has been solid. He got two shutouts in the last 10 games. He's been hot, but we have all seen Mike Smith go the other direction. And when it goes the other direction, it goes the other direction hard. I'm going to take the LA Kings. I like it. Why not? And also, we can't forget about Quick, who's just... You know what? Quick, quick again, he's one of those guys, he competes his ass off. He can give up 10 easy. I've seen it. It's playoffs. He's been there. The he's won. Everyone, They're just yeah. different. It's unreal. Anyway, it'll okay, be fun. They'll well, probably be out in four, and I'll look like an idiot. No, but. but I but you had very good arguments to back up your pick, so I appreciate that. All right, Predators and Avalanche, which uh, this oh. is a series that literally happened because of the Coyotes um, on Friday. Yeah. Former Coyotes on these teams, Nick Cousins on the Predators, and, of course, Darcy Kemper on the Avalanche. Nashville, I mean, their strengths, Roman Yossi. Their strengths. We literally thought Nashville was going to finish second to last ahead of Arizona in this season. So they've proven all of us wrong, but they did not have a good run down the stretch here. Colorado has been, I mean, just a monster this entire year. They're top three in league scoring, top six in goals against, top five power play. They have the star power. Um, their flaw, I guess, would be that they have an average penalty kill, but they have 22 more points than the Predators in this series. And I'll just start off the top. I have to pick Colorado. I'd be a fool not to. And we want to see our DNVR Avalanche crew have a deep playoff run as well. Yeah, and UC Soros is out. <laughs> he was the only chance they possibly could have had. Yeah, and yeah. even even then, is Soros strong no. enough to, to the onslaught of this offense? No, and he's not. This is the best that the Colorado defense has been health-wise all year. Gerard, Byram are both back in the lineup. McCarr, Taves, like they have the ability to score from their back end, probably as well as Nashville does from the front of their lineup. Yeah. This one's not going to be close. No, uh, I mean Nashville's had some great seasons, like guys like Duchesne and Johansson. They've had terrific sure. years, and Philip Forsberg. They've had terrific offensive yeah. years, but nowhere near enough depth problems elsewhere their blue line is nothing like what it used to be no. it's roman yossi and a bunch of guys now basically it's not the depth and now they, they have the goalie the so it's this to me this this could be a sweep yeah this could be of all the matchups we look at the washington florida might be a little mismatch this one to me is uh-oh like it, it, and i tell you what colorado needs to get rolling because there are some better teams 
in this playoffs in the West that they are going to have to ramp up for. And the good news for them, when you look at Minnesota and St. Louis, who they will have to play next are two teams that are going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. I like Colorado's path this year better than years past, mostly because Vegas is not in the yeah. playoffs. That, that this is the Vegas awesome. series. This series is much different. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Vegas had gotten not Nashville, this should be – this. They're just, they just don't have the offensive threat, the physical threat, the defending threat, and by far the goaltender is a, it's a mismatch between Kemper yeah. and Kemper played play. well. By the way, down so, the stretch, Colorado maybe, maybe even played Colorado himself easy. into like finalist status for the Vezina late in the season. Probably a top five guy at least. Colorado easy, but we'll see if we'll see how far that lasts for the Avs. We'll yeah. see. It's fun. I must say, it's fun to not have to talk about Vegas and the. I know what that. for the first time. I might not have Colorado getting as far as a lot of other people. Uh-oh. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk get, about we'll that, get next, to that on the next round. Wild, round huh? you on the Minnesota Wild bandwagon. It's another team that's pretty good in the West. A lot. Yeah. yeah All right. Well, Calgary definitely. Well, Let's, Let's get, to, get to it. The Stars and the Flames, former Coyotes on the, I mean, Scott Wedgwood on the Dallas Stars, and then Michael Stone on the Flames. Dallas, I guess a strength for them is they don't really have anything to lose. They squeaked into the playoffs. Um, they don't have a ton of scoring depth, but they do have people on the Stars with playoff experience, Joe Pavelski being one. Um, Calgary, I mean, they just had an unbelievable season. 340 goal forwards. Great goaltending, 111 points to Dallas's 98. I have to pick Calgary in this series as well. That's all I have to say. I think it's pretty easy. Actually. I mean, Dallas and Nashville are the two weakest teams in the postseason. There's, there's just no debating that. But more more than that, and you're right, Dallas has some playoff experience, but Calgary's built for the playoffs. They are built for the playoffs. They're heavy. They defend well. They've gotten some of their offensive guys have really taken a step up this season. They've got a coach who's battle test and it is really has kind, won of, cups. kind of iron fisted and yeah. he will demand the most out of his players. It just it feels like everything has aligned for Calgary this season. Now they'd still have to get past Colorado down the line or maybe someone else. But I really like how the Flames are constructed for the postseason. Yeah. This one could be bad. <laughs> this series. And Dallas to me has been in and out and up and down and they've had glimpses. They're just, I'm not sure what Dallas Stars are right now. I'm not sure what that team is. They don't have a real true identity. There is no doubt what the Calgary Flames are. Like this team is going to be hard, heavy, but they've got guys 430 goal scores, 340 goal scores. They can put up numbers. They can defend. They can be physical. They can run you out of the building. And their goaltender has been absolutely lights out. This team, top to bottom, is the only team I think that can compete with Colorado in the West. And they might be able to push that team over. Getting Markstrom was such a good Markstrom. Huge. Said it at the time. Talked to Brad about huge. it at the time. He's, all he said is, we'll see. But huge. Huge acquisition for them. Yeah, they, they and then picking up Tyler Toffoli at the, at the trade deadline. Yeah. Another guy, secondary scoring, gets to the net hard. Right-handed shot off the wall. Like, there's so many things that they've been able to add to this team. Man, I wouldn't want to have to play this team. And the Dallas Stars just don't physically match up. They're not deep enough up front. And no. I don't think they can defend their net well enough with their their younger, high-skilled defense. I don't think they can protect that net front. And who are they protecting? Ottinger and Wedgwood? I mean, I yeah. mean, George Vezza needs to come back for this one to be close. Yeah, and even though um, the Coyotes game on Friday was the reason these two the matchups fell the way they did, even if it was flipped, We'd yeah. still be picking Colorado and Calgary. They're just they're the two best teams in the West for a reason. No and Nashville and Dallas were the wild card teams for a reason. So that's our those are our predictions. Well, like we said, we'll back it up in our pool. So be sure to join it. The link is in the 
description of this video. We'll tweet it out later as well and send it in the Discord. The password is PTSI. PTSI, all lowercase. There's going to be a lot of those, I have a feeling. Yep. Ping pong balls, drafts. Yep. A lot of sighing to go on. And by the way, before we wrap up here, I just want to read the playoff teams we picked in episode 26 before this season and see how we did. Craig had the Islanders. Oops. Oops. Carolina, Pittsburgh, Washington, Tampa Bay, Florida, Boston. So you did pretty well. You were a 7 of 8. That's outstanding. For me in the East, I had Islanders, also Oops, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Florida, Boston, Toronto. Same as you. And Petey had Carolina, Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Boston. So we were all 7 of 8 in the East. None of us saw the Islanders, of course, starting on the road like they did. Yeah. Just never could dig out. So shout out to the Rangers for proving us all wrong. In the West, Craig had Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, St. Louis, Dallas, Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver. So not as good. Five Five for eight. eight. I think I might be worse. I had Colorado, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Dallas, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. So five eight as well, yeah. And PD had Colorado, Winnipeg. God, Winnipeg Winnipeg sucks. Uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, Dallas, Vegas, Edmonton, and Calgary. I six out of eight. eight. So you did a little better. A little better. Okay. Well, so you'll we'll see how our predictions stack up. We'll see how we do going forward. We'll keep track. We'll continue to talk about the NHL playoffs moving forward, and we'll continue to talk about NHL because that I mean the season's still happening even if the Coyotes are out of it. But don't worry, we will be. We'll have a lot of Coyotes coverage. The draft lottery is a week from tomorrow. Um, we'll have a live show that you can watch simultaneous with that. Will be that'll be the ultimate pack therapy session. So that will be three thirty Arizona time. Oh, be sure to on. subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. We'll, we're going to be live still three days a week. This was the first day of the off season. Craig will continue to put out content on gophnx.com all off season long. But also, tons of sports are ramping up. The Suns, the D-backs, the Mercury, the Rising. So, not the Rising. It's just Rising. I learned that. You can't say the with soccer. Who knows? Okay. You can't. Okay. It's okay. Well, Owen would say otherwise. Still America. Anyway. <laughs> so, be sure to become a member at gophnx.com to get access to all that amazing, amazing content. Our draft coverage here is just beginning. We're going to be breaking down prospects, all of that. You can only access if you're a member at gophnx.com. So sign up to become a member today, get an annual membership, get a shirt when you sign up. Thank you all so much for watching. Please join our bracket pool. We can discuss picks. We can debate more in the members only discord as well. Any final notes from the two of you? I can't believe. Enjoy the playoffs. Let's play hockey. Let's I'm go. So ready Let's to do watch that the hockey. Let's Enjoy that hockey. Well, everyone, thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore coyotes. We'll have an audio episode tomorrow, so be sure to follow wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back live here Wednesday at 11:30 a.m. with a special guest, Tim Bernhardt, and we'll talk about scouting and prospects and all of that good stuff. So join us here on Wednesday. Until then, have a great day, everyone.